Oh man, we got randied this week, dude. We didn't even start the show yet, did we? Are we're we gonna just fucking jibber jabber? Are we, we gonna, gonna talk are we about even it? recording? I don't even. Fucking I don't know, know man. I heard the. We're red, dude. It's almost like we've done this a hundred and fucking thousand times before. We got randied this week, bro. We got randied this week, bro. If All people, right, dude. Can we talk about we, it? Let's you want to get into it, it later? Let's let's get into the show. How about we do that? All right. I know that I know that hanging out is awesome because I like hanging out with it you is. too. But let's hang out with some folks on the internet who we don't get to see instead. Let's remind them what they're listening to. Gearbuds Podcast, episode one hundred and forty-five. I almost forgot how to do it because it's been a week. And my brain don't work. I'm Henry. That's Dave. Hello. We do a show. We do. This is it. Normally we start with something called the Symphony of Corrections, and we're going to do that for you this week. Let's do it. Symphony of Corrections, here you go. Here's your weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes. Thank you, specifically you right now who's hearing this, for listening to this. We love you so much. Last week, Dave decided he wanted to talk about love at some point, and we did. These are, There's crazy things that happen on this here Full music circle, gear podcast that we have. And uh, we love you. We love Dave. We love each other. Go follow us on the stuff. Go subscribe on the stuff. If you want to talk to us, which some people sometimes do, you can DM us on Instagram or Facebook. You can email us at gearbudspodcast at gmail.com. And sometimes people do that. And one of those people who reached out this week was our good buddy, J-O-B, Handsome Johnny, wanted to pipe in on some stuff, as Great. he does sometimes. He said, uh, oh, so here we go. We were talking about... Last week, we already talked about last week's episode. We're such good podcast hosts. Uh, we were talking about the stolen Paul McCartney bass, the Hoffner yeah. from the Cavern Club. Cavern Club version. The whole deal. Yep. Well, our good buddy J.O.B. adroitly pointed out that Peter Jackson and Co. just reviewed and assembled all that footage. They could at least compile a suspect list on the Hoffner. That makes sense. Come on, like of anybody in the world before? who uh, has, has footage of cameras everywhere and, and has watched through all of it. He's already said in every podcast like four or five times he's yeah. watched all of the footage. So, I mean, okay. I mean, if, if we can have fly on the wall footage of Paul McCartney writing "Oh, darling," but then all I mean, you've, then you've got to have who suspects. stole that freaking bass, right? Where is but it? But then Job continues to go on and say, or maybe you look to the obvious. George got pissed and was kind of being a whiny baby. Takes the bass, realizes realizes what he's done, keeps secret forever, delivers map to the keeper on his <laughs> deathbed. Oh no, bro! Is Clapton the fucking keeper? Whoa! Does he live on the east? Don't, dead I thought dead we had face a, emoji, alien emoji. That's hilarious. I like this conspiracy a lot. I, I kind of love it. Did wait? We did have some. We had some clues last week about it being on the east coast, possibly. Right? No, no, no. That was that Wasn't was that, uh, that was. Oh. That was that was Jobo talking about uh wasn't it he talking about a different guitar? Oh you're No, he was talking about Clapton's Bino. That's what it was. Oh, okay. Bursty. Also Clapton. I got real I know, excited. Dude, this is the Clapton. I'm trying bro- to put it all together, man. Brocast here. <laughs> always always be broing on Captain. But thanks for reaching out, JB. We yeah, love that love that conspiracy theory. I'm gonna follow up on that. I think you should keep yeah, put a little pin in it. Uh speaking of Clapton, we've got to bring up the fact that he's just like throwing himself out there again. Is he? Uh in in a in a, in a segment that we can call can Eric Clapton be an even bigger dick. 
and dude, he's just like he he's he's he just went on some rant recently about how he thinks people have mass formation hypnosis and how and he, how he's never said that he's anti-vaccine, but he's also not pro-vaccine. It's just like didn't he shout it at like concerts? Concert? I think it's because he's also got another song coming out soon, and he no. realizes realizes that this is the way to like get anybody to pay attention to him anymore, just to be a total fucking dweeb dick. I thought he was completely retired. No, dude, he's putting out he's putting out tons of weird <laughs> anti-vax can't control me really? weirdo music. Wow. Yeah. Right. Totally. So he's got another one of those coming out soon if you if you're a dick that likes that kind of stuff. And uh speaking of kind of annoying stuff, I guess. Uh you called this, Dave, and we have to bring up well, this is a little follow-up perfect for the symphony here uh in uh that we talked about the death of Alexander Dumble last week. Yeah. And you were like, "Hey, or maybe it was 2 weeks ago, who who can say? I think it was last week." And, yeah, and you were like, hey, how fast until People's those amps oh start just going crazy town? Yeah. You actually, I think you sent me one that you saw on Reverb for like, yeah, it was like a hundred seventy five, seventy five, something like that, which I thought. I said, call me back when it's two hundies. Right. You said that's not expensive enough, nope. which which actually is fair. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you sent me a listing for something that I thought was really interesting. That's what I think we're about to talk about mm-hmm. here. And that is for one tube from a Dumble. How much did it cost, Dave? Do you remember? $2,500. $2,500. Well, I don't even think they were accepting offers. I think it was no, just $2,500. Buy it now. Buy it now. Just buy it now or fuck off. And not even, honestly, I watched it just because, but I don't, it didn't have many watchers, which surprised me. It has a signature on it. Did he sign all the tubes like that? I don't, I don't know. It, and it had a from, date? And, uh, yeah, from 1989. It was a GE tube. I, the, the thing is, is I've, I, you know, as, as, as geared, Ding dongs, uh, and especially when something like that, that happens of his passing, I've watched and read and gotten into a lot of Dumble stuff recently, and I heard, heard a lot of people talking about him. And one of the things that you kind of hear across the board is that he really didn't give a shit about tubes. It was like he like he used modern tubes, and it wasn't that big of a deal. So that the fact that there's that, and then they're selling one used power tube, not even a matched set. No, so, and I think it was like an it might have been an EL thirty four. I don't to like put in a, on a stand or something to kind of like for twenty five hundred bucks. You that's could buy a freaking great, a great, a whole, an entire amazing amp yeah. for twenty five hundred. Yeah, that's see, and and then I and then I texted back. Uh, it begins it because begins. it sucks because like you're clearly just trying to make money off this guy's name. Now yeah, he passed away. And I don't. It's I don't wild like that man. It's not don't cool. like it either. So that's definitely a BFI. I got there are some. I've got to be honest. There were some BFIs this week, so I got to balance it out with a GFI, my friend. Oh, I and love we it. haven't talked about this yet. Okay, an even bigger GFI because our friend, my friend, your friend. The internet's friend, the guitar world's friend, not the magazine, but also the guitar magazine. Carlos Lopez has launched his own guitar brand. Oh, it's official. It's official. Right. Former Fender Master Builder. said there might be something in the workings. Tell us more about That's it. That's right. Carlos Lopez, a uh, former guest. Go listen to that episode. It was a great one. Uh, great man. Has started his own project called Castadosa Guitars. And he's he's begun it with his wife, Stephanie, who uh, she's going to be the winder behind their pickups. Uh, the name, I guess, is somehow a mashup of his son and daughter and his and his wife and and his names put together as Castadosa. Uh, their first model, they've got one model, and it's called the Conchers Baritone. There are five shops carrying his guitars right now. Who might some of those guitar shops be? I don't the shops. Yeah, well, CME. CME, great guess. Of course. Yes. Um, I mean, I'm gonna say that it's a lot you're not gonna guess the other ones. Unless you think about maybe one of our former guests. Oh, you're killing me, bro. I know. I'm uh, gonna, I'm gonna I'm just gonna tell fill you. Fill me fill me in. Black Bobbin. 
Oh. Our former guest, another friend of the show. Dude, hell yeah. He's carrying the, the Castadosa. Well, then we know we're going to get a nice demo of it then, because he demos a lot of guitars. Dude, speaking of, the demo for the announcement of this had Ariel, Ariel Posen playing it, and it is some freaking... I mean, it's Ariel Posen, so you know it's going to be amazing, yeah. but the playing is just I got to see this, this world. man. You got to see it. Yeah, that's awesome. Just late to presses, I, I discovered this yesterday, and uh, also, dude... Uh, it's a, we didn't really talk about the fact that it's a baritone guitar. Okay. So it's a baritone. I like that. With three mini humbuckers. Ooh. Yeah. You know, the mini humbucker is something that it seems like people don't really use that often anymore. Tell me you've ever seen a baritone guitar with three I mini don't, I haven't. I haven't. And we talk about this a lot. We go, you know, what's like a different, you know, kind of pickup that, that somebody would put in something, mm-hmm. like a cool project? Very creative. Mini hums. I like it. I know. So I'm very, 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 very excited about that. There are no prices listed, so I can imagine they're not going to be. Yeah. I thought that's what you're asking is like how much are his guitars going to be? And I was like 10. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Right. You know, that's because that's what they are. And they're one off guitar. I mean, he's not manufacturing them like mass. I think you're going to dig. They're very sort of, I would say, kind of raw and stripped back and kind of like earthy looking. The the I'm, obviously there's only one guitar that's that's out there so far and it, it has a vaguely I'm not it doesn't it doesn't you you don't look at it and think oh that's the brawler like the you know the really famous yeah. baritone that he made for sure. Fender but uh, it, there's you can tell that obviously that is a man who ha- has made a lot of awesome baritone guitars so mm-hmm. uh, it I'm excited I can't wait to get my hands on one I want one I want two if he's listening we'll we'll do a review love you buddy. <laughs> So that was a, a very big GFI. I've nice. got to get into a little, a little BFI right here. Well, I mean, probably. I guess it depends on your perspective. My opinion is mm-hmm. that this makes me fucking want to barf a little bit. Okay. Oh. Gibson guitars uh, appears poised to get into NFTs. Man. <laughs> Your face. <laughs> it was like I kind of like I just like slapped you or, or like or farted in your direction. Are we? Here's the thing, man. We did our episode about NFTs. We mm. talked about it. Ed knows early it. on, right? Early, we were ahead of the curve. We actually got people pumped up about it. I think I don't know if we uh, got this, pumped, but we definitely were. Are like, we? What's are going we missing here? something here, man? Like, is this something we're not capitalizing on right now? I, I don't understand. Let's get into it. On January 14th, the guitar giant filed for trademark registrations for quote uniquely shaped body portions of six of its most famous models. Ooh, this is a good one. Let's see. I want. I want you to guess. Six, six body shapes that Gibson filed trademarks for. <laughs> all right, let's go. Wait, all right. You got the uh, the single cut Les Paul, obviously. Yes. Uh, you've got the Explorer body shape. Good call. You got the V. Yeah. Um, you've got the um, um, the three thirty five style. Yeah. So it wasn't clear, but it was appeared wingy. to either be a three thirty or three thirty five. Sure. So the double wing go. with yep. the rounded horns. So there's two more, and I and I think that you're definitely going to get one of them, but the other one is a little confusing to me. I'm trying to think of what else Gibson does. I would argue your favorite you have you haven't said so far. Oh, the SG. There it is. Yeah, of course, of course. So uh, that SGs. was the hint. The, la- the last one, mm, it's hard to give a hint without totally giving it Can away. Can you say who plays one? Does somebody play one that is that I would know? This, the, I think you're going to get me the, with this one because I can't think the, of anything The else. bass player in every butt metal band you've ever seen. <laughs> what? <laughs> butt metal? Uh, a Kramer? Like, what are you talking no, about? No, no, no. It's a Gibson. I know. I'm like, I can't think the of like butt player. metal bass players. Didn't they play P basses? 
Uh, shit, man. The what Thunderbird. You oh, duh. God. Okay. Which is confusing to me because I don't know how you really sort of. I mean, why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't it be a Firebird? Or I don't know, whatever. But uh, yeah, that those are the six. That's, you did great. That's the second time this week I've been really embarrassed with a quiz. <laughs> what was the first? The time? Strat oh, or the, S style? The, oh, the reverb Strat. And I, I failed right away. And then you text me and you were like, "Dude, just look at the heel of the neck." And I go, "Oh my god, I'm so dumb!" Like, yeah. of course. Uh, that's the main. That's the, the giveaway. Main, the main giveaway. All right. Sorry, sorry to cheat you out of that reverb quiz. Internet. So, so what's yeah? So tell so me those more are the six. About so they uh, they they they, they, they do they they did the filing and patent work to that everyone else does yeah. to be able. They haven't apparently done it yet, but they're going to somehow sell NFTs of these of fucking the things of those body shapes somehow. This is so so um, there's no there's no timetable that we have given or, or any of that sort of stuff yet. Um, the applications were filed as intent to use, meaning that while they haven't launched any yet, it means that they intend to at some point. Uh, there are multimedia files containing artwork, text, audio, video relating to music and entertainment, authentic authenticated by non fungible tokens. Okay, check this out, dude. So obviously, we already know you're we it's NFTs are all the rage. And we're we're behind the ball, man. I'm telling I don't you. know if that's true. I don't want to be on the ball, but I'm just saying people we are, are really trying to force this yes, right now. Right. And I learned about a couple things that kind of apparently ESP guitars has already done stuff with this, so, so there is precedent. Uh, and two guitar giants have also gotten in on the NFT game that I didn't know about. Steve Vai, which you know kind of makes sense to me that he's a real futury kind of dude. But this one, Dave, I think might come as a little bit of a surprise to you in that. Keith Richards has an NFT. I think I, I think I might have known about that. So I didn't know anything about this, and I can't shit on it too much because it is for charity. A charity I think the, is dope. The Stones cares. also did a big charity one when this whole thing started too. So right now, actually, I don't. It might be. Oh, unfortunately, I think it might be the last day of auction. Might be the day this episode comes out. But it's the thing. Here's the thing, Dave. Okay. I love that it's for charity. Mm-hmm. It's great that Keith Richards can contribute to this. He signed a three thirty five. The NFT is a four-second video of him signing a guitar. <laughs> you don't get the guitar, dude. Yeah. Right? Like, right. If you just get... <clears throat> I called you dude a lot today. You Have just, you? You just get... All right. You just get a video of him signing a guitar. And I think you might get a case... Like, they send you, like, a case for, like, and a like little, a, like, player of it or something. I was going to say, you know? like, usually there's a physical thing that comes with it. Right. right. So there's... you might, But get, it's not the guitar. Not always. Not... Dude, NFTs no, don't not, always have a No, not always. Thing. But I'm just saying, like, bands will do, like, the album release. They'll do the record and It comes NFT. complete with a hard case and an NFT minted on the Tezos blockchain by NFT platform one of, uh, which incorporates imagery of the signed guitar and includes a four-second video of Richard signing the instrument at Germano Studios in New York. Check this out. The auction is currently in progress over at Julian's. So, you know, one of the biggest, most famous, prestigious auction houses in the world. Closes January 30th at 1 p.m. PST. The estimate was six to $8,000 for this NFT. And the article that I got this from, at the time of its writing, the uh, the amount was at, I think it was like 4500 Okay. Uh, before we went to... <clears throat> broadcast before we went to tape today you and i for you and me yeah Dave? roll tape it was at twenty thousand dollars okay okay a four second video clip of keith uh, richards signing, signing a guitar at 335 that you don't get you to play don't get the guitar 
It's so silly, man. Do we are old men yelling at the sky right we now? Are we're, we're, what is, we are shaking fists. I think someone needs to because this. It seems like shit is has gone entirely wrong. If that is the kind of thing well, that we we're haven't bought real out. estate in the metaverse yet, and that's that's a big problem. We I mean, we've already established our own corner of the metaverse at GearbudsPodcast.com. All right, slash Dave's Docs. Yeah, slash metaverse. Slash, slash metaverse. All right. Um. Yeah, man. I don't know. I. I just like when they do the bonus thing where you actually get a physical, even if it's like a cool, like, I don't want a video of him signing a guitar. That's not. Me, I'll, I'll buy the guitar for $20,000, maybe. Well, I, that's what got me thinking. I wonder but the, you We've buy... talked a lot about signed guitars on this show sure. and, and how inherently worthless they are. Yeah. But I just wonder, like, what would a signed 335 cost? It depends on what the 335 is. Let's is just call just it a some, br- like, like a new the, one. Yeah. An off the rack Memphis. Yeah, let's say a new have, one. Hey, what am I talking about? They don't even have Memphis anymore. Right. They closed that shop. An off the uh, rack because then they moved all the production over. An off the rack Nashville, not custom shop, yeah. 335. You know, $2,500 like, $2, guitar. I think they're like, I think they're more like $3,000 or, or, or so. Around that price, sure. With signed by Keith Richards. That's the thing, dude. We've talked about how a Les Paul signed by Les Paul can be worth less. Because he ruined the finish. A Les Paul not signed by Les Paul. Yeah. That was a fun little tongue twister right there. <laughs> um, yeah, it got, I guess it depends what you're collecting. But uh, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know in today's market what that guitar is even worth. But apparently a four-second video of him signing it with a case is $20,000. And it's going to be more than that because that's it's still several days to go in bidding. Yeah. So. All right. I'm going to stop yelling at the sky for a second Come on, uh, because, man, there's just honestly, I seriously, there was just as I was going, putting this outline together, like I had a bunch of stories and they were all about negative shit. And I was just like, dang, I, I don't, don't want to do that I today. I don't want to do all that sort of stuff. You know, what I, I, this is like, this is completely just random. Uh, I was looking as I do often look at a reverb. Uh, I was looking at the, just the sort of navigation. I was like, oh, yeah, there's that my collection thing. Remember that we've talked You're, about it. It's or, you upload your own stuff, right? Your own stuff, and I was, I was, you know, I haven't done that yet, but I feel tempted to do it partially out of vanity, just to like see what my collection looks like according to Reverb, and because I know what my, pr- like, like I know what my value yeah. stuff is. Um, but it'll be a lot of work because they don't have a way for you, like I can't upload my file. But I did notice when I was looking at it that if you have. All like if you say you've taken the time to manually go through their system and add all of your stuff to your collection on Reverb, yeah. You can export a CSV, so you can export a spreadsheet, oh, yeah, spreadsheet file, right? And then you have a spreadsheet of your gear. So like, oh. whereas I've like spent a lot of time like, to create mine, yeah, it would be awesome for me if I could just reverse the process, upload my spreadsheet. That might not be I too would, far I would away. be happy to adhere to whatever file format it's structure. Probably CSV. They I mean, that's require. very. You know. But I mean, see, even within the CSV, like, give me a give me a, a hierarchy of columns that right. I, I mean, I that's what I. They do should for have you like be able living. to download a template and you fill in the columns and then reupload yeah, it. Right. And then, yeah, that'd be great. I, I would super. I would do, do that, that right now. That'd be fun. That's what I was kind of saying. That dude. That my point is, I was going to get to is like, a. I want to see what their value is, but just like it seems kind of fun. Even though I've already done that, like I kind of want to see what it would look like in their yeah. interface, and and also then just like I don't know, and then be able. To, but it's 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 the same problem that we go back to is that like you know it's not public, which is great, but also like, do you really want? That all that information in someone else's hands, like no. here's all the stuff that I have, right? Especially on a file. Come and fucking rob me. Yeah, right. Here's my address. Let me add it to my Facebook. <laughs> I'll put it in the window. Give me the last four digits of your social. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sophie just joined the party. Yeah, I mean, you know it always. It's a good episode when she decides she needs to get What's in the up? mix. She's smelling I, those. Smelling those boys. She's smelling the hamsters. Your oh, kitty cat boys. Yeah. Yeah, she's giving you a little tail whips right now. Cats, man. Cats, man. 
She looks good today. Yeah, she does. That's what I'm saying. She's looking sprightly and want. She do we need? We should get a fourth mic or a fourth mic. Who's the third one on? Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna skip like, number three uh, entirely. I'm looking around straight to number four. You're like, dude, come on, it's James. He's over you there. You know about the crotch mic? Our producer, you mean? Our producer, exactly. Our invisible yeah. producer, right? Sophie, I guess Sophie is kind of the honorary producer of the show. And if she was the actual producer who could speak English at us, she'd probably say something. And she'd say, move it along, boys, because it's time for Hank to get to say his two favorite words and Dave to get his notes out that he gets to say every single week. You know what those words are. Ooh. I just signaled it. You did signal it, and I, and I got so wrapped up in watching the signal. Give me a signal again. Dave. Nice. Short and sweet. just like a punk version. Aggressive. What do we got? This band is not punk. What are we going to talk about? This band is not punk. You're going to like this, dude. Am I? I don't think you've ever heard of this band because I didn't until Ooh, three days ago. And I'm mad at myself. I'm mad at myself for not knowing because about like this them? band because I love them. Oh, who is it? This doc is called This Is Why You Don't Know Us. It's on YouTube. Uh huh. It's very short, too. Okay. Very short and digestible. Somebody sent it to me this week. And I said, you know what? This is so interesting. I'm going to like check this out and then I'm going to research this band. I'm, I'm titillated, Dave. Who's us? Have you ever heard of The Liver Birds? The, the Liver Birds. The Liver Birds. I don't know the Liver Birds, no. It's an all-female-fronted, basically, version of the Beatles. They were like... Oh, like Liverpool. Liverpool. is The oh. Liver Bird is the bird of Liverpool. Really? Yeah, it's not Liver Birds, even oh, though it's spelled no like kidding. Liver Birds. The Liver Birds. Dude. Are they a current band? They are from 1962, Liverpool. The same what? exact time that the Beatles were coming up. No way. They would go see them at the Cavern Club, and they were like, we should, we should start a band. Would they did they play skiffle, mate? They did. Uh, oh, I love a good skiffle dude, doc. Actually, Let's hear it. actually, their songs are fucking awesome. They're not. It's not skiffle. It's actually like. Well, I'll get into this band a little bit. Okay, so tell us, tell so us everything. It's, it's four ladies. Uh, Mary McGlory is the bass player. She's kind of the Paul McCartney of the group, and she kind of narrates the doc. Oh my god! I'm, I'm not McCartney. kidding. I love this. I'm not kidding. Uh, How long is the doc, by the way? It's like 16 minutes. Oh, it's sick. super short. And actually, I had to watch it twice because they talk so fast. I had my subtitles on because I couldn't understand a word. Huh. And I'm trying to like take notes and like pause it and like do all this. So I watched it twice. It was excellent. Dang, Brits can't even speak the language they invented. Let's hear it. Uh, I will say this. They need a full, they need like a full length doc for sure. Oh my God. Yeah, it's fucking incredible. I didn't know this was a thing. So the Liver, Bur- the Liver Birds formed in 1962. They'd, they'd see the Beatles at the Cavern Club and they were like, we should do this. So they went down to the guitar store and they just bought guitars. They don't even know how to play. They bought Gretsch's, which I think is fucking cool. Oh, sick. Uh, the bass player had a Gibson SG bass, which I thought wow. was fucking cool. She wore it all strapped up high. Um, bow tie. Yeah, total bow tie. The drummer fucking rips. So it's uh, Mary McGlory is the bass player, yeah. Sylvia Saunders on drums. Uh, and they're kind of, the two of them are still alive. So they did like the narration. Oh, some are dead. Yeah, we'll get into Sad. that. It's pretty wild. Um, Pamela Birch was, Pam was the lead uh, lead vocals and guitar. So she was kind of the, total Pam. The John Lennon, probably like the most attractive, I think. You know, Mandy Maybe was like, Mandy was like, which one do you like the most? I was like, I think. Did I like she agree? That. Uh yeah, 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 definitely. Both but they, had, both but they were all beautiful all beautiful women. And then um Valerie Valerie Gell was the other guitar player. So John Lennon yeah. said they open up the uh they open up the uh doc with, with her saying, John Lennon said, We'd fail. Just really? like that was like and then it goes into the movie and you're like, Oh, what are we watching? This is gonna be awesome. So the Beatles have seen the liver birds. They went back and got to meet them backstage. And um Basically, the Beatles kind of made fun of them because they were like, well, we're in a band, too. Like they would like, you know, like back then you just take your guitar everywhere you went. And so like 
You know what I'm talking about, though? I know. It does seem like that. Yeah. And I just, I would feel like such a D-bag if yeah. I showed up everywhere with my guitar So they would, like, days. show up, they would show up at Cavern Club, like, with their instruments. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if they thought they were going to get stage time or what. But then somebody was like, and, and they, they got to meet Brian Epstein, and he was like, do you guys want to meet the Beatles? And they're like, fuck yes. Yeah. So they went back into the room, and they're in the green room hanging out, and then, you know, John's like, what you got there? You know? And she's like, a guitar. And he's like, well, can you play it? And she's like... I'm going to go have to like learn how to play guitar. Yeah, it's time. I, you can't just carry this so, furniture around. For months, they just rehearsed like fundamentals. They didn't even like really write songs. They uh-huh. were just rehearsing like fucking paradiddles on the drums and like scales on the guitar, yeah. like all this shit. They practiced their fucking asses off. And a few months later, they started touring with the Kinks and the Stones. What? Yeah. And this is and now this is, this is like 62, 63, mm-hmm. 64. It kind of goes into that. Um, I think by 65, they kind of hit like their like peak, I guess you could say. The vocals is what I want to talk about. If you just listen to this, like, because then I went and listened on, I went and listened to a bunch of their songs on YouTube last mm-hmm. night. And I was like, oh, this is incredible. The vocals sound like a mix between, I can't think of his name right now, but the singer of the Kinks and Dan da- Ray Davies. Yeah, I Ray guess. Davies. Thank you. Yeah. And a little bit of like Tommy James and the Shondells. Okay. Like, like masculine vocals. Like, if you listen to it, you'd be like, oh, that's like some dude singing. Interesting. Really cool, like, baritone masculine vocals. Like, fucking awesome coming out of this girl's voice. It's amazing. So, so what, what are the songs? I mean, what, the, are the, what are the songs sound so like? So, the songs are like more than you would think for like people who didn't know how to play. The songs are pretty complex. Mm-hmm. Like, they go into different time signatures, key changes, stuff like that. So then uh, Epstein was like, you know, they were like, well, we want to play with the Beatles. And he's like, you have to go to Hamburg and like, practice rock out there good so they started touring and that's when they kind of played um yeah played with the kings played with the stones they met hendrix and hendrix told her he told mary he said he said you roll the best joints Mm. and then and then they go to like the drummer you know and they're now they're like grandmas you know talking it's so cute because they're like 80 now you know and she's like oh uh, i was she's like like, i might have had one or two in my day you know yeah i might have had a puff or two they were offered to play topless in Las Vegas. That was going to be their like American breakout, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Fuck that." Would you do it? Play topless yeah. in Vegas? Fuck yeah, dude. yeah, dude. Yeah, I gotta even right now, like pasty in winter. No, I have to like work out for good. about like three months at least. Yeah. I think get you know go keto again and all that fun stuff. Go keto. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, so check this out. That it was kind of cool. They were like offered to go to the U.S. and they're like, "We're not, we're not this like thing where they where these like girls that are just going to take our clothes yeah. off, like all good. that shit." Fuck so that. it was fucking badass. Then it actually, what happened is the drummer got pregnant and. The doctor was like, you have to stop playing drums or you're going to like miscarry. Oh, shit. Yeah. And I've never really thought about that before. If that's like a real thing or if that was just a thing back then. But it's a tough one. So she was like, you know, and then she talks about it later. She's like, I'm glad that I, you know, had my child and had a family and all that. But that was pretty much the end. Actually. uh, So the band broke up after that. Well, (laughs) so then they had. So they they tried to replace the drummer. They replaced her for like a couple gigs. And then uh, the other guitar player, Valerie. She met this really handsome dude. They even showed his face, and I was like, wow, that guy is strikingly handsome. Mm-hmm. And they started dating, and they were in a car accident, and he was paralyzed. Oh, my God. And he was going to propose to her, and she was like, I'm going to marry this guy and like take care of him for the rest oh, of my life. Oh, wow. Uh, sadly, got into alcohol addiction and mm. uh, ended up passing away from that. And then the, um, the other, So then they basically broke up. They were going to try to form a band to go to Japan, and they had these two like other German girls that that filled in, and they're like, it's just not the same. We're not doing it. So they didn't do it. They didn't carry on. Um, and then Pam passed away. She got into you know drugs, cocaine, and alcohol, and passed away. And you know, but I think they kind of what they left you with was that like they were all happy that they did it because they fucking they were like an awesome band. Like and they, the other two, they just stopped making music. <clears throat> here's what's cool. So then they kind of started their families. They kind of moved away. Mm-hmm. 
And then the other two are both in this documentary, like as old ladies, mm-hmm. and they're like, we still like jam together and That's fucking. That's awesome. It's it that fucking gives me chills. I love it, dude. I, I like. I literally like got teared up at the, the end. Liver birds. So cool. Do they ha- are, is there do they have rec- albums or is it just like singles and stuff? Yeah, I I don't know. Um, I just I I think it's all signal releases, mm-hmm. and I don't know. They didn't talk about like recording or anything. I really think there should be more to this doc. Like they they went through this mm-hmm. story so fast for a fifteen minute YouTube video. That I'm like, oh, this deserves like a two-hour movie. Like this is fucking awesome. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to imagine that just like everyone took that that little eight millimeter footage back then. Let's 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 yeah. make this happen, dude. And it makes me wonder, like, because if they were touring with the Stones in like '62, '63, and stuff yeah. like that, there's got to be footage of them like hanging out, you know? Like, so there's so much to it where it's like, this is maybe the first one that you brought up where I feel like maybe we should make a documentary about it ourselves. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because there's, I mean, the, yeah, you're saying there's some, there's got to be so much more of the story. I mean, I'm not a documentarian as much as I like to watch them. But if somebody wants to pick you're it up, you're not a documentarian until you make a documentary, Dave. <laughs> it's very true, my friend. Um, I will say this, dude. It's fucking awesome. You got to listen to some of their music because they had some simple hits like you know uh, what's the one song? Peanut, peanut butter, and jelly. Yeah, they like covered stuff like uh-huh. that, and they would play like those kind of pop songs or whatever. Oh, that song rules! They I did a sweet that. cover of. Oh, did I write it down? Shit, what is it? Oh, it's gonna kill me. I I, I don't know. It's peanut, a, they did a cover of a really butter. a really popular song from the sixties. They also did a cover of Love Hurts, which I thought it was from the seventies. Love That's, Hurts. Dude, Nazareth? That's from the seventies. They covered it. Ooh, I think Nazareth must have covered it. Yeah. They were playing it in like nineteen sixty five. I don't know what that was all about. So it's a great song yeah. too. So that song also makes me think of Dazing Infused. Yeah, me too. But this this version's uh, a little different. I think they featured it in a film, actually. Um, that version, because I was reading like some of the comments on YouTube. People were like, "Oh, this is the best version of this song," and mm. that kind of stuff. Anyways, the live birds. They do like, uh, oh, maybe like uh, "I Only Have Eyes for You," or uh, which is one of my all time favorite songs. Beautiful song. I'm just picturing yeah, like those schwap schwap songs. If you guys want to mm. check out some of their live stuff, and I think this is actually live. Like, I don't think this is like that. You know, overdubbed performance stuff. Okay. Um, Google the Liverbirds, the beat 1965. And it's like a, there's a bunch of like clips of them playing It's someplace in Germany. Um, they're being interviewed in between songs and stuff. And it seems like it's like legit live. Sick. So that's fucking cool. Um, I gave it eight out of 10 birds. Mm. Cause I really like it. You know what I would give like nine out of 10 birds is like a full length documentary. You made yourself. They deserve Maybe it. Maybe give it a 10. Mine's a 10. Yeah. 11. I'll, I'll help. But yeah, check them out. Great really, one. Dude, really underrated. deep on this one. No, one, yeah, no one's ever. I mean, I've, I'd never heard of it until Wednesday. And it's like, called, what is it called again? The film is called, thank you for reminding me to say again. The film is called, This is Why You Don't Know Us. This is Why You Don't Know Us. Yeah. The Liver Birds. Check Boom. it out. Great one, Dave. Thank, thank you. you. Hmm. Thanks, buddy. You're welcome. That was a fun one. That was a fun one. Let's get into future gear. Let's talk. We've got, okay, so here's here's the deal. Let's see. Let's, this is a little bit of a wild card today. It could be beefy, could not be. We've got some options. We'll see what happens. I've got some ideas. I've got some new gear to talk about. I got we've got some we've definitely got some new gear to talk about. We've also got an update on a big project that we finally completed. And I got randied. And you got randied. Let's start. Let's let's start. Well, this is future gear. We'll start with a little bit of gear. Okay. A whole bunch of stuff got announced this week. Uh, Fender announced Fender all sorts week, of shit. Dude. So I'll yeah. be honest, Dave. I didn't bother to go through all of write out all their stuff because there's just so much that they like. It, we would be just reading a list of yeah, that wouldn't be fun. F- not very fun. So they first of all, 
I'll, I'm going to talk about the thing that I'm most excited about. Then, how about you talk about the thing you're most excited okay. about after that? Because sure. I'm most excited, and I think that this we have a differing opinion on this. I'm excited about that. Okay. I'm most excited about the Fender Hammertone pedal line. You are excited about it, and here's why: nine new effects made by Fender, all with high quality components and stuff and each one of them is under 100 bucks yeah i like that and that's kind of the opposite of what a lot of people have been doing lately coming hitting you with the expensive stuff sure. doing that sort of, i like that they're, they're smaller uh footprint they're just too. really standard meat and potatoes yeah. kind of pedals yeah uh they're significantly more affordable than most of the stuff that other competitors are doing including even fender's own stuff which i think is great and affordable but they are you know in like the more like the 150 to 200 dollar range all they've got, it's it's exactly what you think it is. Analog distortion, analog overdrive, silicon fuzz with an octave, which is actually, as uh, is probably no surprise to you or anyone else, the one I'm most excited about because, yep. you know, fuzz pedals and octaves Hell are yeah. awesome. It's a great combo. Digital reverb with hall, room, and modulation. A simple but pretty feature-rich a flanger and a chorus, which, you know, would probably be the last one I'd ever get. There's a metal <laughs> pedal aimed at people yeah. who like to shred and yeah. slam. And then there's a, a space delay, which I'm guessing is like some sort of analog-y. Like a super delay. Or like a probably, probably like an echo, echo. plex kind of dealy. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. But I because I haven't played any of these because they're not out yet. But they're all available for pre-order. And each one is between it's like. 80 and 90 bucks yeah no i love the price point um we we talked i think last week or whatever about like how they all look consistent like they oh, do that, that was just us that was just us doing texties was it yeah because yeah. uh yeah the they got the they all have they're all like they're called the hammer tone series that's hammer tone is just like a you know an easy like a, a durable but sort of like easy to apply finish for pedals oh hammer is that what finish. that is yeah and i was curious about that so all of them have that they're all it's all sort of that industrially designed but then each one has Witch hat knobs with a different color hat. The knobs are cool. The knobs are fucking sweet. You know what I what I don't like is the logo. They they use different logos for yeah. each one. And the logos just look really they look like um you know what Canva is? Oh, it's like a stock. You can buy like thing. a stock thing yeah. and you own the right and it's just like they slapped it on. I was like, that was a little disappointing. Um okay. even even just to have like text yeah. would be kind of cool, like something cool. With They're that. cheap enough that I you know what, if you, you could throw scrape a little that tape off. on there, you really could st- throw a sticker, your favorite yeah. thing right on there. Um uh, that being said, I love the price, uh, and I was really disappointed there was no demo of them because I really not a demo. To there be obviously heard. will be, but um, I know. I would imagine since they've already taken the time and effort to create their other line of effects recently, and and they're and I and I've played most of them, and I think they're really good. They're probably going to use versions of those sort of tested and. Tr- true things already mm-hmm. so like if you i'm guessing if you already like the fender sort of overdrive thing or their metal pedal it's probably going to be similar to that maybe with like smd surface mount components made overseas whatever you know whatever they've got to do to make it cheaper but yeah i don't know i'm i i think i i'm feeling positive about that but i think that you probably have other things that you care about from fender's new announcements what would you say um something well i about? i have like kind of two yeah. i the one i the one i think looked the coolest was they're doing a kind of a 60s Telecaster reissue mm, with that copper finish. Um, it's fucking... Oh, wait, is that... Oh, it's no, a Fender. It's, 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 a, dot, it's the, a dot. Yeah, right? you're thinking of the Squire. The Squire, you're Yeah, right, Squire yeah. came out with that line where they're doing blocks on everything. On everything, yeah. It's cool. I think it's kind yeah. of cool. Like, the Strat with blocks looks fucking crazy, but I like yeah, it. Yeah, I can't get into the Strat with the blocks I think people will, people will buy it, I think. They'll um, buy it. But no, I really like Fender themselves. It, what was the finish? I it's like a copper, orangey copper yeah. finish. Uh, beautiful. But it's like metallic, Almost right? like a Firemist Gold, kind of. Mm-hmm. Like an original Firemist oh, Gold. Oh, love that. Um, fucking, that looked really cool. Which I was like, I get excited when they do finishes like that. But what I will say, it made me the most curious, was they're doing a baritone Telecaster. The Squire. A Squire baritone, baritone Telecaster. telecaster. Yes. Which, you know, I was talking to you and I'm like, 
I wonder how that little like lipstick's gonna sound on a long scale. That's gonna be interesting. That's gonna sound real because they use the standard configuration for the pickup. So. I feel like baritone. I mean, that, that Tele kind of baritone Nashville thing was kind of mm-hmm. one of the early popular uses of that, right? Like you know, well the baritone guitar, yeah, yeah, the right. Six that kind of sound. Like I love that. So I, I think it kind of makes sense to me. And yeah. I, you should I buy one. Almost never think that I want to buy a Squire. And that one, I'm like, that might be a thing I should own. Well, I mean, we've talked, you know, especially since the uh, the Beatles doc and all that, with like you know the long That's scale the Fender Six, Fender Six. They're, I think they weren't. They're more Squire. Didn't they announce more? Or was I just looking at them? Did they announce new uh, sixes? Or was I just? Dude, did I just happen to be looking? That's at funny them? you brought that up. I don't remember either. I because I've been looking at a lot too. Because mm-hmm. as soon as I find one for under four hundred dollars, I'm sending it to you. So I hope you buy it. But okay. uh, it's not going to happen. Nope. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I, I am curious about the long scale uh, Telecaster. I think that's going to be kind of interesting. It's a beautiful. Boom, 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 yeah, boom, boom, boom. and it has binding, which I think is cool. It's kind of like I think it does right, like the sixty two custom it, on the body, but not the neck. The, right? Yeah, the the, so uh, like custom, the body, yeah. kind of like custom. Yeah, so Love that was kind of fun, dude. You know what, Fender? I mean, I'm happy. Their new stuff that's that's come out the last five years, even I've been really happy with. They've been consistent. Cool. They they're not yeah. announcing NFTs, although I'm sure they're next. Oh yeah, I mean maybe they have one. We just haven't cared to look it up. I if they I you know I did a little bit of looking around about this sort of stuff. If they have, no one's talking about okay. it. So no, it hasn't been. Uh, knock on that. knock on my freaking wooden Gibson guitars. Yeah. All right, there's that one, dude. There's so much. There's so much new gear. What are we gonna talk about next? Okay. This is something I came across on my own, Dave, and I want to get your take. See what okay. you think about it. I like that. It's called Peace Potty. Which Wait, what? now that I say it out loud for the first time, I think might be a play on an accent, but I'm not sure. Okay, so what it is is a it's a you it's a knob replacer. How do you spell it? What is it? <laughs> Peace P E A C E. Okay. Space potty P O T I. Oh, I thought like P O T T Y, like a pot, you know, a well, right, a restroom. And the reason I don't say pot potai or something yeah. is that because these are things that you put on pots, so I would imagine okay. it's a piece potty. Cool. I don't know. You replace these are these are knob. These are uh, a, a better take on the knob in their in their estimation okay. because what it is, you take on your pedals, or frankly, as far as I'm concerned, you can put it on amps or synthesizers or your guitar, or you name it. Yeah. You replace the, the knob with this piece potty, which again, you know, the name is uh, clunky. Uh, the way it works <laughs> is there are two different versions. One's made out of basically a recycled plastic. The other one is, is steel. Mm-hmm. And it looks just kind of like a regular knob, except it's a, it's like a tall sort of cylindrical one. It's not like a wide sort of speed knob or anything okay. like that. But the outside doesn't move. It's just the inside. So basically, it's their their thing is that they can just you can more easily lock your settings in place and not knock them with your feet or hands. Interesting. Because I was like, how design. do you turn it? So it uh, unlocks and then you turn it and set it. So there's no unlocking or locking. Okay. The outside never moves. Oh. The top, look, there are two different versions. They cost the same. It's either just like a single a single slit or be, because it's called the piece. Here's where the piece potty, the piece part of piece potty comes in. 
it looked like a peace sign. So either you have oh. peace signs or just a straight slit. And what happens is if you want to change the if setting, you do want to change it. You use a guitar pick and you just and it's like the oh, perfect size that. for just like sticking a guitar pick in there and I was turning like, the setting. Because I was like flathead screwdriver? That no. sounds yeah, okay. you probably could, but yeah, like yeah. no, yeah, it's it's designed like they show So you can animation. adjust it on stage if you need to. Absolutely. Yeah. You okay. just bend over, use a pick. You can never kick it or you know, bump it with your fingies or something like that. And, I... it's, and it's sort of like the replacement for taping pedals down and doing all that sort of stuff. I love that. Tell me what you love about it. I think a lot of people get like, I don't dial in settings, although I want to talk about this when we get to uh, what we're going to talk about later, but I've never been really like uh, particular about dialing in my shit. I crank pretty much everything up. Turn it all play. the way up. But not on pedals though. Oh, pedals, so this, oh, right. So this is for pedals, not for. Uh, the, so it's the, they. The, I thought it was. The, I was thinking stuff of guitar that I knobs. saw. You could you could absolutely do it with a guitar knob. Okay, but the I think the the I believe their main point of that they're trying to sell to are people with. Pedals. I like it even more now because uh, I fucking hit my guitar no- or my pedal knobs all the time, mm-hmm. and like especially with like that boss overdrive I have. If you mess one little thing, yep. the whole thing goes crazy and it sounds like crap. It would work on. It doesn't work on anything with concentric pots that I can. T- I, I don't think right. they have a solution for that. But sure. anything that's just like a, a single, single knob. not a stack, and it sounds like it's pretty universal. Like you can just slide those off and put it on. Yeah, yeah. Those are all. Those all. I mean, typically pots are should be a universal thing unless you're buying some crazy, you know, homemade boutique uh, whatever Russian pedal or something okay. from the forties. <laughs> but yeah, usually it's going to be same. The the differences would be that sometimes there are the split shaft pots, and sometimes there are the solid shaft. Typically, right. on, on pedals, you're going to almost always see a solid shaft, okay. but um, often on guitars, you'll see a split shaft. So yep. that's sort of it. Kind of goes back and bigger. forth. Yeah. Um, what do you think? You like Here is a thing. Here's my thing. With yeah. it. I think it's a great idea. I, I think it when you see they showed a couple sort of like before and after here. Like here's a pedal board of someone who's like touring whatever, and like they've got stuff taped down and like settings like yep. written on the things marker, or whatever yep. with marker yep. and it. Li- it just looks way cleaner and sure. neater and and obviously more secure. My issue, Dave, unfortunately, is the price. Oh no! What would you pay for? What do you think for like new a, knobs? How many do you get? One, just one, one at oh, a time. Oh, one at a time. Six bucks. My that was my I when I went to the shop, I was like looking. I was like, okay, do they have like a package deal? Like here's like your four knobs or whatever. I didn't yeah. see anything like that. I, all I could see was in one at a time. Five ninety nine. And it was and it, and I think I can't remember what the total was, but it was if you spent you know a certain amount, say fifty get bucks, like a, you get free shipping. Right. Uh, how much are they? Okay, so I, I mentioned <laughs> that there are two. There's the standard uh, and the pro. Standard is like I said, recycled pra- pra- plastic. Yeah. The pro is made out of a, the outside is like a knurled steel. Okay, uh, the plastic, and this was in euros. So and, and this is again each is twelve fifty. The pro steel is twenty each. How much is that in? Your, in I, I'm bad at the conversion. We'll just say for all intents and purposes, they're very similar. Euros probably worth a little bit more than the, do- the dollar right now. It fluctuates all the time, but. Just, so we'll between just even 12 if it's dollars, we'll say twelve fifty yeah. per or twenty dollars per knot. When you think about Ew. adding up what like to do that to a whole pedal board, I get oh. like maybe there are some knobs that you do don't mind bumping, do or do I, but I don't know. Like I feel like if, if you want to restart it. doing this, you're gonna probably want to replace like all the knobs. Yeah. Unless and you just have one finicky dude, pedal. So or even just like one four knob boss pedal is gonna be eighty, 80 bucks. bucks. No way. That, I mean that feels yeah. that feels kind of crazy. That's for the that's, that's for the pro. So you could get the you could get the cheaper plastic, so four would 60. be fifty bucks. Yeah, no. Mm, sorry guys 
isn't that tough, I'm man? Because I yeah. think I bef- before I got to the price, I was like, I kind of want this. Like, I was I thinking start like, doing maybe even like for amps too. Like you yeah. see, a lot of people will put like write their settings on their amps absolutely. and do all that kind of stuff. Like, touring, touring. I, I, I can absolutely see. Oh, you uh, could go you know, somewhere on like tour, recording gear, who, like, like who has like who has budget for this kind of yeah. thing, like for sure. And I do think people, I do think that these are going to sell to a lot of people. But man, for me, like there's no way I can rationalize spending because I would want to get probably at least like a couple hundred bucks worth of these things, you know? I mean, I was thinking of like, you know, when you go to Guitar Center and they're in the back by the strings and there's like a pack and it's 20 bucks for four of them or something. Mm-hmm. I thought that would be kind of fair. Yeah, I do. Even get, for the I mean, plastic it is, a, it is more, it is a more complicated mechanism. So, I, but I have, I have to imagine a larger company with more resources could get the cost down. And it's so it's just too. I'm just trying to think of the construction. It's too. It's a sleeve inside of a sleeve, right? Basically, so there's right? basically there's, there's not like yeah, ball bearings or anything. Crazy I don't know. Right? I probably not. Yeah. But what my I'm assuming is that the outer sleeve is somehow. <clears throat> you know, I didn't see any like CAD drawings of the thing or anything. Sure, but sure. It looked like the outside would then be somehow connected to something that's like whatever whatever it is that stays rigid to the inside has got to be also connected to the outside. Okay, and then the inner part is what turns the pot itself. So I don't know. It seems sort of complicated, I guess, but, but also, you know, once you figure out the mechanics of it, I'm sure I, I'm sure they're probably going to get knocked off. They have patents and stuff, yeah. but there are pro- I'm, someone's going to do a different off. design and sell them cheaper. That's made. In, I think they're made in Austria. It would be cool to get a licensing deal with those, with a bigger company and just be like, boss just has these now. Get that cost down. Be fucking awesome. Yeah. The, the piece one, the piece not, I get like, I, I think spreading peace and joy is a wonderful message. Yeah, it, it just looks cheesy. Meh, I would, I would go with the straight ones. Yeah. But man, I'm telling you, like it's it's such a it's such a bummer to me once I get to the price because I was like, yeah. this is such a great idea. I will buy these, even though like you could honestly, get like my pedal board just stays in place right now. I don't <laughs> care, but like it's still like there right. are still some that I don't I, I don't want to ever change. Like I yeah. this is the spot, so it's just interesting. <sighs> yeah, like, that's that's tough, man. And then you or know. for a guitar, like I think there are some people that could always accidentally bump their tone knob or whatever on their guitar. I could see feasi- feasibly replacing that on like a stage guitar, so you like almost can't knock it out of place that's yeah i i think i could definitely use something like that i mean i i generally keep most of my stuff up but um with my new setup i've been well you'll see but. new setup we're teasing we're teasing yeah, we're a couple more things so i don't know peace potty uh maybe if you want to send us some we'll, we'll review them and yeah. check them out I, I, i'm a believer in the idea i'm generally positive i just i'm a little worried about the price yeah that's all me too uh the there was another thing we were talking about this week dave and i want to i want to get into a little bit there's so much new gear talk that came out this week. We could talk about it all day. Uh, this one though is is something new, and this is Future Gear after all. And this is from Roadie Music, who you might know from they made the Roadie Two and the Roadie Three, as well as the Roadie Bass. That's a lot of Roadies. They're it's like these <laughs> these devices that yeah. are about the size of a credit card, but they're thicker, and then they've got a little windy boy at the end, and then you th- and it and it just like you put it on your headstock, and it like tunes it for you. Yeah, and it like put it like in pitch. It's a cool idea. It's a super cool idea. They make like I said, there's the one specifically for the bass. Yeah, they've they've been doing sort of like my point is they're doing sort of forward thinking. Yes, out of the box, out of the box. I like it. Gear budsy sheets. That's the kind of shit we like to talk about. On and here. well, they've got a new thing that we like to talk about. They and do. That's called Roadie Coach. What does it do? Well, Dave, Roadie Coach easily attaches to your instrument of choice as long as those instruments are an electric guitar, acoustic guitar, or a ukulele. And describe it. It's kind of like a... Or a classical guitar as well. It, and so like Roadie Coach is right? about the size... I would describe it as about the size of a GoPro. It kind of looks mm-hmm. like... It yeah. sort of looks like a GoPro to me in general. A rectangle. And it just like kind of... It's just this little black rectangle with some knobs and like light... Or not knobs, like touch 
buttons and lights yeah. and stuff on there, and it attaches to the top of your instrument. And you're like, well, what, why would you want to? Why would you want to put that on yeah, your what instrument? The hell is this it, thing? it does. It does a lot of weird stuff. And I've got to say, it's it, the reason that we're even already stumbling over it a little bit is because it, it's completely unlike anything else I've ever seen before. Uh-huh. So uh, what it does is it it has two different recorders in there it has it has a microphone and it has a contact microphone because again it's in in contact with picking your guitar up the so it can pick up the vibrations yeah. of it and it's essentially it's called roadie coach because it's essentially a learning tool mm-hmm. and it has an app that you download on your phone and it connects to the app and you plug it into your guitar or it just listens to your guitar and your voice by the way it oh, does cool. singing and that's and cool. guitar that's really and cool. it's a and it's a learning t- coach and it so you pick a song say you want to learn freaking Jimmy World, the middle, perfect, and it has it in there. Yep, and then it walks you. Th- it's so, and it's like, okay, you're a beginner, and then it, and then it walks you through every single part of learning the song, and then it also, but it listens to you while you're learning the song. It make, it's, it's like Guitar Hero. It makes sure you're playing like the right. Kind of, yeah. It's yeah. sort of like Guitar Hero, right? And so, it, like, it'll tell you how accurate you are, and it'll tell you, all right, here are the things that you need to work on in yeah. order to like get a better score. It gamifies it in that way. I love that. Which, man, I'll tell you what, if this existed when I was oh, a my God. child, I would have been so into it. Yeah. Well, we would have to rewind and play and rewind and play. Oh, yeah. My, I'm my, sure this will this will loop sections for you. It'll probably do everything. So, dude, it yeah, it's very it's very much like you can you can get into all the nitty gritty of anything you pretty much want to do. As far as I can, I haven't used the app myself, but I've I've done a lot of uh, reading and watching videos about this thing online because I find it very fascinating. Yeah, because it not only does teaching stuff, but it does other stuff too. So, it, it, first of all, it has a recorder, so you can, you can it'll record, record yeah. it'll record your voice and the guitar like yeah. you singing. And so, and, and then you just like output that to your app or your DAW. It also, dude, this is the thing that they don't talk about very much, is that it. Um, has, it's a MIDI controller as well, so it has wireless. It has Bluetooth built into it. It has it has MIDI control, so you can program. There's a, a number of like soft touch buttons and and actually faders on this thing. Oh. You can program those to control your DAW. So like Ableton, you can control from your guitar now That's with this cool. thing. That's you huge. can control apps on your iPad or whatever if you're using sounds from those. You know, it, it does it does Bluetooth and MIDI. So it's not just a beginner's teaching tool. It also is something that feasibly you or I or any sort of expert level musician also could want to well, have. I've been. Th- I mean, that alone, the con- the fact that you can control your DAW from it for me is like we've been needing this for a long time. Yeah. If I'm over here with my guitar and I'm fiddling with the amp, but I'm recording. And my doll's all the way over here, mm-hmm. and I have to keep walking back and forth to hit the play button if no one's working with me, dude. Just to be able to do it from there is like that sells itself. There, I mean, are, I'll tell you, Dave. There are there, are, things out there, there are like wireless that? little MIDI guys that will I, do that. I did not know but that. But not also then freaking record you it, yeah. and do all sorts of other stuff that this thing does. Um, I have a question. Yeah, what do you got? Uh, with the lot, the song library. Mm, this is a good question. This is a preloaded. That's right. License to this company song library. That's right. So you're not going to have everything. You can't choose any song you want. And that was yeah. once we were going to get to like the potential sure. downfalls of these sort of things. Um, I would say that yeah, something like Fender Play, I would imagine has a way deeper library right. than this new company doing. Not they're not a new company, but this new sort of idea of yeah. what you can do with your guitar, which I am to be clear, super into, by yeah. the way. Yeah, I think it's great. So their Kickstarter just launched. Uh, it's already 10x over goal. It launched like four days ago. Oh, great! So it is a Kickstarter, which is you know that kind of sucks. But also, the, I think their goal was like ten thousand dollars, and it was over a hundred thousand when I looked today. After a few days, right now, so um, the the price will once it's past Kickstarter and actually in in market, it's going to be one hundred ninety nine bucks uh, just for the device. 
Uh, now there is a $149 version that you can buy, or once all those go away, then it goes up to $159, which is all the whole Kickstarter time period. And yeah. then again, once it goes to, to live to market, it's going to be $199. And now, Dave, you'll notice I say that it's $199 just for the hardware. Mm-hmm. There is a monthly a monthly subscription fee that makes for sense. the strictly if you want to do the learning stuff. You can use the recording oh, okay. and the MIDI stuff. Cool. You don't need the uh, forever. It's not proprietary to the monthly thing if you just want to use it for recording. That's right. So you you probably wouldn't use like the learning stuff in most cases. I would test it out. Oh, I would fuck you know with what it. I mean? Yeah, I would, I would see if. But I, I just mean like if you're going to want to learn a song, cranberry you'll... zombie or whatever they got on there. That is one of the another ones I noticed actually. It was that on there. That was on there. Oh yeah, yeah. that was the first song I ever learned actually. <laughs> I believe on you base. told that you have told I have, that. I've said that many on times. The on the old Squire too. Yeah. So uh, I, I, it's, I felt like that was something. Once we came across that, I was just like befuddled. Well, you like, sent me the link, thing? and I'll be honest. I don't know if it was just the mood I was in or the video maybe just didn't do a great like, job explaining it. That. But I didn't say fuck that, but no. I did say I don't know. I, I just watched a two-minute video, and I have no idea what this Well, I, I, I had Sounds I, like I you did a deeper reaction. dive on this a little bit. I did. The video didn't really give me much, yeah. but the, I, I had to read the website. And the Kickstarter, I have to say, is actually they did a great job of – Maybe almost too much information on there, Maybe but that's they, they went real deep to yeah. show you that this isn't just vaporware. This is something that right. they've actually worked on and exists. And it's not just a tuner that sits on your amp or something. I, I'll, I'll say this. I, am I going to get this first one? Maybe, maybe not. It's something that I, I think is has the potential to be really successful, and I think that once they maybe even iterate it, because obviously with Rody 2, Rody 3, that's something that they're, they're, clear, they're, they're a sort of company that builds upon their ideas i think that a two version two version three of this once they've got it yeah. all sorted out and a little bit less just like a gopro straps on top of your guitar i think they could i mean i get why you want to have it sort of in in your field of vision so you can have some visual feedback and stuff but that also comes from the app too mm-hmm. so yeah I, I just feel like amazing product i think they're going to be super successful and i can't wait to see what the next me too iterations and you know like. again i think anything that gets somebody to learn uh, it gets people excited about learning is fucking awesome so Good for them. You know, people love to bemoan the death of guitar and death of rock and roll. And every single time that something like this comes out, I'm just like, that's not that's not happening. People, yeah. Whatever you call rock and roll, whatever it is, but guitar-based music is is happy and healthy, folks. Oh, yeah. Folks. No way. Yeah. And, and again, it's like, you know, we didn't have these devices when we learned, but I'm also not going to be like, oh, I, you know, I hope that fails because I'm I so happy that those devices, yeah, I know. devices exist. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Thrilled. To keep the, to keep this guitar and gear based market and podcast afloat this for years moving. to come, you know what, Dave? There are a couple other things, a couple other pieces of gear that I could talk about. Uh, who cares? We need to talk about something that we did this week and yeah. the conclusion to a freaking amazing story of a love sweaty saga and sweat <laughs> and Hank getting lightheaded. Eating a whole yeah. container of you needed a candy bar. Freaking, I hate your blood, I, your I, blood sugar got it, low, dude. It did. I ate a whole all of Stingray's a whole thing of lifesavers. Oh, well, I own some beer and you own some mints. I think next I think time so we see because them. what happened was, folks, for those who haven't been playing along, two weeks ago, Dave was like, "Well, oh, it goes back further than this, but as far as po- the podcast episodes are concerned, we were like, hey." Dave was like, I've got this amazing old jazz bass, and I've always wanted to put some stack knobs on there, yep, concentric pots, bottom. I was like, of course I can put those in yeah. there. We tried to do it, didn't fit. Well, the dang thing didn't fit. Dang the wiring wasn't going to be a problem. Fit. The it wiring was, the, was all wired. The dang we cavity to solder. The, cater, the cavity was not right. And and then you know we you know after some deliberation, we decided it would be best to have somebody who's familiar with working with. And wiring. also, we just wanted two things. One, 
we wanted to hang out with Stingray oh, because yeah. we love that gentleman. Oh, we talked about him all the time. He was on the show. He's, a, he's just one of the best folks that exists. Yeah. And B, we wanted to see his shop because neither of us had ever been there before. Yeah. Yeah. The boiler room, I call it. Which I believe it's called Bleeding Auxiliaries oh, North or South or something like that, but it's the boiler room from oh, now boy. on because yeah. it was Toasty Boys in there. Yeah. And folks, we say this as we were talking about, it is winter times in Chicago. Not something to be complaining about necessarily. No. So he warned us. He warned way. us it'd be hot in there, and it was. Before um, before we get all the way there. Yeah, let's talk. Tell us, Dave, why, again, remind us, why you even decided to yeah. want to, to replace the electronics, the original electronics, we think. Mm-mm. Or, or like they were altered original, like ish, or, yeah. original. It was the original plate and maybe some of the pots. We don't really, yeah, know. we but don't know. Um, yeah, I don't think the why pots did you decide to want to change the electronics on this? Well, because it was, it is a mutt base, it's a parts base, mm-hmm. 62 neck, 65 body. Uh, the pots were questionable, the tuners are from the late 50s. It's, it's kind of a, a put together jazz base that I purchased from another musician uh, a long time ago. Um, so I said, I says to myself, I says, I says to myself, I says, Mabel, I says, I had, well, I had an issue with kind of the volume and the, and the general volume of this instrument. It didn't, I love the way my jazz bass sounded. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I've dialed it in. I had my own tone from it. I had some bone tone going in there. Obviously. But I will say, I didn't feel like it was living up to its full potential. Okay. Um, it, love this. As far as the tone itself, like the tone knob. So it's set up, you know, the original jazz bass setup is two volume pots and then a tone pot, a master tone pot, basically. Um, one for each pickup, and then you've got the tone that controls both pickups. So, I, w- I would crank the tone up on it, and it was, it was, it had a tone, it had a, a brightness to it. I guess you could call that mm-hmm. right when you put the tone all the way up. But it just never seemed like it was really that, you know, alive. And so, and to be fair, you are using flat wound, flat wound bass strings, there, which, which do have a, a deader kind a of thumpier, thing. rounder sound. Um, so I was like, well, you know, I've always loved the stack knob look, uh, all, any yes. of the, uh, American vintage 62 series have them all the way going back to the 80 Fullerton reissues. And then original, the 60 and 61 jazz basses had them. Right. I was like, I got a 62. It's close enough. Well, you split know? the diff. So let's throw these on there. So actually I, w- I never really wanted to buy a full harness cause that would have been like 150 bucks. If you buy it from Stumac, you mm-hmm. can get it disassembled, but that would have been a pain in the ass. So a preassembled one's about like what I got. I paid about like 70 bucks for it. Heck of a deal. Heck of a deal. It was used. I didn't even know if it was going to work, to be honest. I emailed the guy. We didn't really know what you were getting until it came to. I, yeah. I was like, well, I hope that they're not like crummy pots yeah. or electronics or anything. The guy didn't there. have a photo of the bottom, so right. I couldn't see any of the caps or the pots. And I was like, I messaged him. I was like, do you have any more photos? But it was also one of those things where the price was so low. I just wanted to buy Let's just it. just do it. So I just bought it. And then he was like, sorry, man, I already packed it up and shipped it, Like, you know, which was great. It was fast shipping and all that. I get it in. It's real nice. The uh, the pots. Real nice quality. Real nice CTS pots, uh, 250Ks. And then- Concentric, the, too. So they're stacked. They're stacked on top double, of each other. Double depth. Yeah. Double stuffed Oreo. Which I was like, oh boy, I hope this thing fits in well, the cavity. A little foreshadowing, folks. Yeah. If you didn't listen to that episode, I guess it's not foreshadowing. You already know. You already know. Friends, it didn't fit. Yeah, we tried. I was like, "Yeah, I can throw that in there, no problem." We, we tried moving some soldering points around. We moved some soldering points around where the grounds were soldered to the side. Even still, is like, nope. It was just we weren't sure about the depth because I didn't have calipers here, but we definitely knew after getting it all disassembled and everything that it would not fit within the width of what is a frankly pretty skinny little route in yeah. a jazz bass. Right, like that top route for pots is not. It's like a 
a pretty small amount that they take out the width of it yeah even though the whole thing honestly is kind of tiny when it comes down to it because it's all covered just by that little metal just by plate. that little plate yeah there's not a whole pick guard over it so no. it's not like a p-base where you could route it all the way up to underneath the and have and, a, yeah. or strats where you've got the the, the whole swimming pool the routes. swimming pool routes yeah so we had to be very careful and i also don't use a pick guard on this thing so it's really like which is such a mean <laughs> it's such a mean look i know and it's so it's one of those things where i'm like all right we've got this much room to work with you know we did talk about maybe just dremeling it out ourselves. Yep. We decided this is a 1965 body. The worst case scenario is I go, I don't know how this wood is even going to react to because a Because it has been refinished and it's got, it's been refinished. Not sure what's going on. It's got there. some extra holes <laughs> where like they had another pick guard or mm-hmm. something. So it's not a totally original guys. I didn't tear up like an old sunburst, you know, body or something. Right. Um, which, you know, was a concern though. I was like, you know, I do want to have this done right. So in case we flub anything or anything goes wrong, it's so, not, it's not yeah. fucked up. It, it's not, it wasn't fucked up. Friends, I am many things. <clears throat> Woodworker is not one of them. I would, if it was mine, I probably would have done it. But because we're like, Dave, this is let's get a let's get a, a professional involved. Yeah. Stingray, he sounded is, excited about knows it. What's up? He has the tools. He's got a shop. Let's go. He says, "Come down to the shop." He says, "We went down to the shop. We, we did down into the Bridgeport area yeah. of Chicago, into the Bridgeport Arts Center, which is super cool. By Crazy the way. building, yeah, crazy building. There's a freaking maritime museum in there. <laughs> yeah, they got. And so shit. we go in there, and Stingray does the work. He he got. Uh, you know, it's almost like we we should have him call in to talk about this. Part. Basically. He had his Dremel on uh, on this like special sort of like jig a, dolly situation. A jig dolly, so he couldn't like over route it too much, which I really appreciate. Yeah, and, he, and made nice even cuts on each side. I'll be honest, we were there for a good four hours. It seems it was like. most of, mostly hang time. It was honestly. it was a lot of good hanging, a lot of good c- catching up conversations, yeah. talking about a lot of uh, butt rock from the eighties. He had he, the butt rock. He going. did, and then I a lot of survivor talk, plugging in and playing guitar along because I brought my guitar yeah, along. That's right. Uh, well, you gave me my guitar back. Yeah. Which, I, Never want to look at another Les Paul again. Um, Friends, also, I should I should let you know that that guitar stayed behind because I'm uh, forcing Stingray to do some work on that one, which too. gives us a chance to go back and a hang out again. So to, to hang out. Uh, anyways, I was and getting hang out in tank tops and, and skivvies because uh, sweaty yeah. boys. Well, I was getting a little nervous because I know he wasn't going to just hog out like a big piece right. of wood. So he's over there, like you know, uh, dremeling away, and we're kind of just chatting on the other side of the room. And he's doing his thing, and he's doing his thing, and he, he keeps going back to it, and he's keeping like, Zzz, and then he was taking just a little bit of hair and, off. And each I time. appreciate that yeah. he wasn't trying to hog out like a big chunk of wood, which I probably would have got like, you know, I would have been like, Duh, and just like, Yonk. yeah, just you know. So I really appreciate the time he took. Um, by the time he got it done, the issue he was having was where the wiring comes through the wood from the pickups. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of extra wood in there that needed to be kind that's of right. That's right. That's where that's where most of the, and he's the love came trying out. to dremel out underneath this hole where you don't want to get into the wiring and all that. So I appreciate him for really taking his time on it. And I got to say, once he was finished, the the route looked factory. It was clean. It's it was perfect. completely smooth. It's completely factory looking. It's a, you wouldn't even notice it was bigger or routed if you no surprise. You could easily put the old uh, plate back in if you wanted to. Oh, easily. It's fucking. He did literally a pro job. He did a pro I, job. I can't thank him enough. So, so thanks, Stingray. We're super excited. It was a good hang. But Dave, yeah, we, I need to ask. Yeah. Now you got to go and because we heard it there, we plugged in and we made sure it worked. Yeah. But now you got to go and use it with your rig full I did. bore. Tell us what that experience. I was did. Like. I got because you were used to this base. Like this has been your your slanger for a while. Absolutely, you understand what what it does. So tell us what that experience. was Absolutely. Like. And my my settings on my amp have kind of just stayed the same. So I mm. know you know I'm. This is a real A-B test of like my ear remembering exactly what my jazz sounded like before and then going in there on Tuesday with my with my bros and jamming out a little bit. And I got to say, man, the new pots brought this thing to life, dude. Like it's and I think I texted you guys when I got home at like 11 o'clock. I was like, dudes, this was amazing. I can't thank you guys enough for like helping me out with this because the whole thing has life. It sounds woodier. It sounds more vintage. Mm. It sounds 
Mm. It's it it sounds like old wood now. Like it not that it didn't before, but in telephones you never did. What are the pickups that are in there? Uh the bridge pickup is a real sixty two, a real nineteen sixty two. Yes. And the neck pickup is actually an eighties, uh, early eighties Fullerton reissue pickup. Yes, right. Um, which I don't know if it's a red bottom or not, but it's that era. It's that early eighties. Which jet. is interesting too, because I'll be honest, in in playing that bass and ha- spending time with it, I preferred the sound originally of the neck pickup to yes. the original vintage sixty two pickup. Yeah, and uh, therein lies a problem, sir. Now what is that? I am well. I used to go full neck pickup all the time, uh-huh. not even really think much about the bridge, unless I was just messing around with it. I am like constantly fucking with this thing now. Yeah. So we're playing, you know, we're running over our songs that we know, and I kind of know in my head how things are supposed to sound. And I, I'm not going to say I couldn't get happy with the tone. I was just in the middle of a song. I'd start messing with knobs. And so that's not just the volume knobs, the tone knobs. Too. No. And I will say this overall, it's louder, like that's, noticeably louder. That's so surprising to me. I mean, that really could be also just like how the pickup heights are maybe, set up because maybe. he did take those out. But when we looked at those <clears> old pots that were in that other one, first of all, the knobs didn't fit. That's how I know that those aren't. They're weird. Because yeah. those knobs are old. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're original knobs, but the pots, the shaft, they didn't go all the way down. So they have like longer shafts. Right. So they're not fender. They're not, you know, factory. Um, so I think they were just cheaper. The little, did you see the little cap on that baby? It was just like this little, little flat boy, little yeah. green flat those boy. Those were thing. some, that was, the, the caps were kind of the hardest part of getting that thing in there. They're so oh, big and massive fat. caps on this new one. And I look massive. You, that base sounds like it's got massive. They look like caps, giant dog. hot dogs underneath. The, it's crazy. So, okay. But so do yeah. you find yourself for your sort of base, yeah. no pun intended tone using bridge pickup now like is bridge is bridge part of the your base so i sound? think i finally got because i was even playing it a little bit last night mm-hmm. at home and i think i finally know what i want to do i'm keeping the neck all the way up mm-hmm. with the uh tone on that pickup kind of like half okay maybe up all the way up if darker, i go up all the way lawyer. dude it gets real like tingy like cool though like yeah. you can use that tone uh but it's not what i'm used to so i'm like all right well that's not quite me so i dial that back and then I'm just working in the bridge pickup just a little bit, just a, but I'm just leaving the I'm leaving the tone kind of rolled off mostly on that. So you're still keeping it down in the low mid, the low. And the I bass like the sounds. low, the thumpy yeah. low mids. I don't like clanky bass sounds. Mm-hmm. That's just never really. It, it was my thing for a long time. But now it can do clanky. Yes, if it even needs with it. flat wound strings, it's wild, dude. Like I had it fully cranked, uh-huh. and it's it does some some crazy shit, dude. Like it's loud. But it, so I've got can it two questions. One, yes. can it do? Can it, can you get it to what it used to do? Yes, 100%. And are you happy that you made the change? I am very happy, dude. Like I like I said, the only thing I'm doing now is I'm messing with it more. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like in my head, like in the middle of a song, I'll just like lose focus. Because I'm not, you know me, I'm not a knobby boy. Like I don't like to fuck around with knobs. Set and forget a little bit. I set and forget all my, you know, my strat, my, my P bass is always just fully cranked. So this for me was like, oh shit, I got to kind of dial in stuff. So it's a little, it's going to take a learning curve to mm-hmm. kind of get used to that. And I will say the only other thing that happened a couple times is I hit the knob by accident. Mm. Not L- in a bad L- way, your setting. but like, you know, the lower, the lower concentric knob, which is the volume, I would either roll it up or down. Oh, I thought that the top knob was the volume. I'm sorry. You're right. Okay. So it was the tone. Yeah, it would be the tone. So you'd knob. knock so the tone. Hit, which isn't a big deal. It's yeah. not going to like it during a show or record. It's not going to like kill it. It is definitely going to be one of those things because I'm the same way. Like when you're playing anytime but mo- a yeah. lot of time live you're always kind of making sure that the knobs are still all on 10 on your guitar or yep. like wherever you set them so that might be something that you like find yourself like compulsively yeah. checking a little it bit is now. and it and the other thing is like even the volume on the um 
on the neck pickup that I use like that's kind of the majority of my sound. Mm-hmm. I don't even need to put that up all the way anymore. Like I could dial that back ten percent and I'm still like booming in a but button. But then you dude. still could you have that little extra push if Got you want. Got that extra it. over the edge. It goes dude. to eleven, dude. That actually those it's knobs an, those knobs go to knob they go to eleven, dude. Wow. I you finally took your got base it. to eleven. I did. So, so yeah, i You're I'm, never gonna switch it back. I don't think so. Yeah. No way. And I think if I did decide to do that, I would probably look for maybe an original set mm-hmm. or maybe just a brand new set of like CTS pots. Different. Because yeah. I, I just don't think the pots I had in there were good. I think the guy who put it together, God bless him. He sold me a great deal on a bass. He was a professional bassist mm-hmm. himself. But he he said to me, he's like, I threw this thing together with parts I had laying around. So it wasn't, you know, well thought oh, man, out. This, all, this whole thing, every step of it, other than the fact that we couldn't nail it the first time makes me so happy because it, it was, was worth the wait. We got to spend time with yeah. your base. We got to spend time with Stingray. Yeah. We got to go somewhere new. It's this whole saga. We did Dude, the whole thing. And now at the end of it, you have a, a better version of one of your, it's one of your keeper life. life oh, it's bases. a lifer. Yeah. And you know, I was, God, I was just playing it last night even, man. And I was like, God, I'm so happy I, I did this. So. And it really was such a, I mean, granted we have access to, uh, you know, essentially free labor from a skilled technician. Yeah. But like, other than that. The parts themselves, like that, get you got it was not expensive, yeah, and, and it made such a massive breath of fresh air difference into an instrument that you already deeply loved. I would say this. I would say, especially for like vintage lovers out there, like I would say, don't be afraid to like replace your pots. Wow. Yeah. Like if I was buying another guitar or bass and it had replaced pots, and they were technically upgraded because mm-hmm. you know the components are probably better nowadays. Um, I would say don't hesitate on that. I think you can still get a, a loud, vintage, breathy sound out of it. It doesn't sound modern or anything like that. No, of course not. It sounds not. fucking awesome. But you do now on, have on tap access to more sort of modern tonality yeah, if you want totally, it, which is dude. super cool. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm super pumped. It's a huge upgrade. I didn't think that would be that big of a difference, to be honest. So, That's amazing. I'm so yeah. happy about that. I actually am excited. I'm, I'm going to bring it over tonight to the space. I'm meeting my friend Johnny. He's got a 66 original jazz bass that's there. Give it a little. We're going to do a little boat. AB. We're going to see what's up. And we're going to. Maybe he's going to want some stacks. We're going to have a little shootout. He actually, I told him I was getting those. And he texted me and said, did you get those in yet? I want to check those out. Oh. So we're going to bring it back to the space tonight. I don't like to leave it there because it's been fucking freezing in that room. Yeah. And uh, I don't want the neck to just. Well, like, plus you're back in this like new honeymoon boing. phase where it's oh, like, oh, I want to play it at home. To touch it's it. sitting out. It's mm-hmm. ready to be played. So it's fucking awesome, dude. So Stingray, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, man. And Hank, thank you for taking me over and, and introducing me to the fellow oh, and hanging out. I thank you guys so much, man, because it's fucking just go get some new pots, man. It's like some fresh pots. don't be afraid. Fresh pot. Fresh pot. Well, folks. We love you. Thanks for making it to the end of this thing, because uh, sometimes we don't even make it to the end of this thing, I guess. <laughs> Again, you know what? Let's let's just say again. I'm Hank. That's Dave. Hey. We love you. Yes. Thanks for making it to the end here. And uh, if you did make it all the way this far this episode, uh, why don't you go make some music?